We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Sean Davis here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything. Lakers are the Lakers officially out of the Kyrie Irving race. Uh, well, let's dive into it before we get into that quick reminder. Please do subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well. Look who's joining me today, making a guest appearance, Jeff Spiegel. Jeff, my man, how are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm normally on the Dodgers side, but we're on a group text. There's been some Kyrie talk. I feel like I've got a contrarian opinion, so I'm happy to be here and hopefully offer some uh, something that maybe people haven't heard so much. Yeah, I mean, I, I, good luck, Jeff. You're you're in a run for your money because we've been talking about this for I feel three months now. So best of luck to you. But uh, Sham Sharani of the Athletic today wrote a piece, kind of trying to give us an update on the Kevin Durant situation and. Like in the seventh or eighth paragraph, I feel in within two sentences, he just throws in a little uh, blurb about Kyrie Irving. So he's talking about the Nets and he says how the Nets believe they have improved the roster and they feel like they have a championship level team. He brought brings up how they uh, traded for Royce O'Neal. They re-signed Patty Mills and, and uh, Nick Claxton. And then he says this. They also expect they are expecting the full returns of three time all star Ben Simmons uh, and Joe Harris. And all-star Kyrie Irving has also updated to a $37 million player option and is committed to the 2020-2023 season in Brooklyn. And sources with knowledge of the situation say he has been working with teammates and holding constructive dialogue with the organization this offseason. And Brooklyn has made clear to interested teams that they plan to keep the seven-time all-star. Jeff, that's a lot to unpack there. What are your immediate reactions to hearing that? My immediate reaction is great news. Like, I am not of the opinion that the Dodgers, they're the, the Lakers should be going after Kyrie Irving. Um, I look at Kyrie Irving, his injury history, his on-the-court history, his off-the-court history, all of it, and I see a package of goods that I'm not interested in. I'll be honest, Sean. When I hear people talking about Kyrie Irving, it reminds me in many ways. It's a, it's different in some, but 
reminds me in many ways of the Russell Westbrook situation. It's people that see the shiny thing and they talk themselves out of all of the negatives that we know are there with Kyrie Irving. That's my concern. That's my issue with him. And I can get into the reasons I'm not a big Kyrie Irving fan. I'm sure most people can guess what those are. But to me, this is good news. I don't want to give up two unprotected first round picks for Kyrie Irving. I, I think that's a fair argument. I would say in response, I think you wouldn't be just getting Kyrie Irving. I think it would be Kyrie Irving and stuff, whether it's Joe Harris or Seth Curry. But I think there is a, a large group of Lakers Twitter, I suppose, that do agree with that. They're like, hey, let's get Buddy Heal. Let's get yeah. Miles Turner. Let's do one of the, that Utah package. I think Lakers Twitter, for the most part, agrees, God forbid, do not do New York where you give up two first-round picks. But, Jeff, are you not concerned at all about potentially giving up two first-round picks to Indiana as opposed to Brooklyn? I mean, I'll be honest. To me, I don't like the idea of giving up two first-round picks. I'll be crystal clear there. And I'm not a Russ guy. Like, this isn't the guy who's like, don't trade Russ, okay? I am completely out on Russell Westbrook. I would rather him not play for the Lakers this year than play for the Lakers, okay? But for me, the Indiana deal, I just like the deal better than this one. Here's my deal with Kyrie Irving. He's 30 years old. This is a guy who's had injury his injury issues at every step of his career. He was injured in college. He's had knee injuries. He's had shoal injuries. Add in COVID, add in vaccination, all that stuff. We're talking about a guy who's missed a bunch of time. He played 29 games last season, 54 the year before, and 20 the year before that. But that's not even the biggest red flag to me. The biggest red flag to me is we're on the verge of a second straight organization that had Kyrie Irving in the building and could not wait to get rid of him. Now, I know they're saying, hey, we're excited. We're paying him all this money. Boston, he walked out the door and they were like, adios. Like, it's been nice seeing you. You are, we are better off without you. Now the Nets seem to be doing something similar. I know they're playing this strong position if we're going to bring him back, but... They haven't won anything. Like, what have they won in Brooklyn with all of these superstars, including Kyrie Irving? They were close in 20 and 21 with Durant and on the line, etc. But they haven't won anything. I, to me, I don't love giving up two first-round picks. But even if the costs were the exact same, I know people are going to think I'm crazy. I would take the Indiana package over the Brooklyn package. I'm going to play devil's advocate here, even though I technically don't agree. Again, the reason why people would prefer the Pacers package is because you're kind of going more towards the bubble championship route where, hey, let's get depth, let's get more defense, yeah. more shooting, the defense more coming from Austin Turner, the shooting ability coming from Buddy Heald. Um, I, I would also argue, though, in response to that rebuttal, that you look back at that championship season, literally everything had to go right. You had to get healthy yeah. LeBron and AD, relatively speaking, for the entire year. You had the best defensive basketball, top 10 offensive basketball, you didn't have a legitimate serious injury to a key player, not named Avery Bradley. That's because he missed the bubble, but that allowed Alex Caruso to have a breakout. So I think the pro my only my biggest problem with doing a Pacers trade is that your margin of error is so so small. Granted, it worked for the bubble, but I think that's I don't know if that could be replicated personally. But um, does that concern you at all? The the how small the margin of error would be for this Lakers team with AD having injury concerns now, LeBron only getting up there in age and yeah. the roster not being the best as of right now. Yeah, it's funny. I actually wonder if the Kyrie move would would create smaller margins. Now you're t okay. you're saying, hey, maybe Joe Harris or maybe Seth Curry is coming with. That would you know who that is. It is a big deal. 
to me, I like the idea of adding depth, adding Miles Turner, adding Buddy Heald, and rather than saying we're going to go all in on these three players, but saying we've got two superstars and we've got three or four guys around them that we trust. Now, all of a sudden, we've got a group of six that we feel good about, and I'm just using six as an arbitrary number. I like spreading out the risk and saying, well, now if Buddy Heald gets hurt, we still have Miles Turner. If Miles Turner gets hurt, we still have Buddy Heald. If one of those guys doesn't fit perfectly, then the other guy can kind of pick up the slack. And so to me, again, with Kyrie, you're going all in on LeBron James, who, as you said, is getting up there at age. Anthony Davis, who has had serious injury concerns multiple years in a row. Kyrie Irving, who's 30 years old, is one of the strangest off-the-court players the NBA has ever seen, has had knee injuries, has had shoulder injuries. Like, you're just putting all of your eggs in three baskets that I don't think are great baskets to be putting them in. And we haven't even gotten to the on-court stuff. Like, is Kyrie comfortable playing third banana to LeBron and Anthony Davis? Because Anthony Davis's natural thing would probably to become be to become the third option, but the Lakers aren't winning anything if Anthony Davis is their third option. He needs to be their 1B option, and Kyrie Irving would have to be third. How is he going to handle that? Can you count on him to be there healthy, physically, healthy, mentally, etc.? So to me, I actually like the Heald and Turner deal, not only because I think it might cost less, but more importantly, because I think it spreads out your risk. I think it gives you a more well-rounded team, and it allows this to play like an actual basketball team rather than a pickup basketball team where you just give three guys the ball and say, we're going to hope for the best. Because again, as I said, that didn't work in Brooklyn. And you could argue that Durant at the peak of his powers and Harden and Irving, you could argue that's a better three than the Lakers would have, and they didn't win anything with it. I think talent-wise, you could argue that. I think fit-wise, I would definitely lean more so towards LeBron, AD, and Kyrie. Because I think with, with this trio, you've seen LeBron and Kyrie win a title, LeBron and AD win a title. I think the fit is a lot easier than some might be anticipating. I think it's definitely better than Russ, LeBron, and AD because Kyrie's a floor spacer that can create his own shot. Um, I, I think... And follow me here, Jeff. I think AD would be the first option. I think he's going to be the first option next year in terms of, hey, like who shoots the most, uh, who takes the most shot attempts per game. I think Kyrie, if he were to join the Lakers, I think he would probably be second in points. Would be like It wouldn't be by a lot, right? It would be like, I don't know, AD, 26 points per game, Kyrie and LeBron around 24-25, both. Yeah. I mean, keep in so, mind, LeBron was like, what, one or two games away from winning the scoring title a year ago. So I'm not saying he can't be unselfish and give that up. Um, I just would be skeptical, I guess, that everybody would be happy in that arrangement. Because again, I think AD is the most passive of the three when it comes to being assertive in that situation. And he's the guy you would least want to be passive. He's the guy you would want to be most assertive. And so does adding Kyrie into the mix cause that? Now, if you add Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, Anthony Davis recognizes what his role is. Hey, I need to be that guy. I need to be the guy that gets the ball in the post, that takes over, that's hitting mid-range jumpers, that's playing defense. And not only does Miles Turner offset some of the defensive responsibilities, maybe give AD more of a break on that end of the floor, but it also, Buddy Heald, gives you the spacing that you need. So I actually think if your pathway to victory is Anthony Davis being that guy, I think the Heald and Turner deal not only forces him to, just by roster construction, to look in the mirror and say, this has to be me. I can't defer to Kyrie. I can't defer to LeBron. But it also gives him the opportunity on the defensive side of the floor, maybe to catch his breath a little more and be more assertive offensively. So now let's dive into, I guess, the hot topic in Lakers social media right now. Is is this a leverage play? Because I feel like, first off, 
everything right now is a leverage play. I guess you kind of have to consider, you know, why something is getting put out there. I think the biggest reason why people are thinking it's a leverage play is this line right here from Shams. Brooklyn has made clear that interested teams, teams being plural, that they plan to keep the seven-time All-Star, according to sources. Yeah, the only team that has been mentioned is the Lakers that has been interested in Kyrie Irving. And the fact he's throwing in the word teams here is very, very strange. Could this signal like, hey, this isn't true. Kyrie is still available. The Nets are just trying to drive up the asking price some more to try to get as much as they can from Rob Palenka and the Lakers. Jeff, do you think this is a leverage play or do you think this is legit? Kyrie Irving is going to stay in Brooklyn regardless of how you feel. Yeah, yeah. I think it has way more to do with Durant than it does to Irving, honestly. I think this is a leverage play against the teams that are coming after Durant because that's where the real bidding war is happening. I think this is Brooklyn saying, hey, we're good. We're going to run this thing back. Like, if you want to blow us out of the water with a Kevin Durant offer, then fine. But we're comfortable. Like, we're not going to accept 70 cents on the dollar for Kevin Durant. And so I would I interpret it that way because I've said all along, I don't think Kyrie gets moved unless Durant gets moved. I think if Durant has to stick around in Brooklyn, he's going to prefer to play with Kyrie Irving than whoever the alternative is. And so I think it's a leverage play on the Durant side because they know what they can get for Kyrie. Like, they know the Lakers' standing offer. And look, even if Durant leaves, Brooklyn's not going to be like, come begging the Lakers to come make some sort of half-hearted offer. The Lakers' offer is going to have to remain the same. There is no leverage play needed on the Lakers' side, in my estimation. So I think they're playing leverage against the teams that are interested in Durant, and the Irving piece is simply the second domino to fall. That's my take. And then I guess last thing to wrap this up, where do the Lakers go from here? Do they go the Indiana route? Do they go with Utah, another, uh, whatever package it is, a combination of Boyan Bogdanovich, Patrick Beverly, Mike Conley, there's been some rumblings about the Lakers potentially being a third team in a Don Mitchell trade, or do you, God forbid, take Julius Randle from the Knicks? So, Jeff, yeah. where do the Lakers go from here? Or do they just roll with Russ to, to start next season? <laughs> Uh, I don't love the Utah package. Me, personally, I don't think there's any. I like Mike Conley. I, I should say maybe past tense. I liked Mike Conley. Um, I'm not sure that's a needle mover. I mean, if, if you can get off of Russ's money and not have to give up unprotected first-round picks and you're getting Conley and some pieces back, okay, fine. Like, that's better than keeping Russ. I think just running it back with the team that they have currently constructed has to be the, the option that I would be least interested in. Um, but a, as I've said, I mean, first of all, I'm not the anti-Julius Randall guy. I'll be perfectly clear on that one. That was another group text opinion that I had that was not necessarily the most popular. Um, This guy was an all-pro a year ago. I know he was terrible this year. I know that the all-pro year seems to be an outlier, but I think Julius Randall's very good. And again, for me, I would rather take on Julius Randall's money than give up a 27 and 29 unprotected first-round pick. Like if it was just, we'll take back a worse contract than the Russ contract and we just move on, I'm, I'm... more interested in that than mortgaging the entire future because I think it accomplishes both. It gives you a solid player to pair with this current team without completely mortgaging the post-LeBron future. But for me, the bottom line is I like the Indiana deal. I like where Miles Turner fits. I like where Buddy Heald fits. I think the salaries match. I think the length matches. I don't think you're going to have to go too unprotected first. Maybe it's a protected first or a pick swap or something along those lines. And so um, Indiana's at the top of the list for me. Keeping Russ and running it back is at the bottom. Kyrie, somewhere near the bottom. Uh, Don't like the Utah deal and surprisingly not entirely opposed to the Knicks deal. (laughs) 
my only problem with the Knicks deal is we better not be giving up draft picks. Yeah. We need to be getting draft picks from the yeah. Knicks. Um, if if I have to give up the exact same for every single trade right now that's out there, and Kyrie is not one of them, I think I'd go with Indiana. Um, it's it's either Indiana one, then probably Utah for me, and then New York. Uh, okay. If I'm giving up the exact same for all three, yeah. um, again, New York needs to be giving me draft picks for me to even answer the phone. Uh, I just don't think Julius Randle is the, is the correct fit there with pairing next to Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Um, and then with Indiana, for the reasons you kind of mentioned there, Jeff, you get some the shooting with Buddy Heald. Miles Turner defensively will take some of the burden off of Anthony Davis on that end of the floor. So AD, while will still be that all-defensive team caliber player on that end, AD gets to be more a little bit more focused on, hey, look, here's the ball. Go score 28 points tonight and be that dominant yeah. force on that end of the floor. Um, Utah, I'm not opposed to it. I think the biggest thing is like, what are we getting back? Like if we're getting back Mike Conley, Rudy Gay, and I don't know, X player, my answer is no. I think you're getting way too old there. Conley's going on 36, I believe. Rudy Gay is already 37. So I think age is the biggest turnoff, pun intended, shout out to Matt. That's the the biggest turnoff with the Jazz trade for me. But uh, I do agree. I'd probably go the Indiana trade route if I have to give up the exact same for all four trades. Yeah, I think I agree. The Indiana deal is the most attractive to me. And again, I think at some point you have to say, is just keeping Russ and benching Russ a better option than giving up more assets? Like, I, I don't think that the um, Utah trade, from my perspective, it doesn't move the needle enough to give up what I consider to be a serious asset. Um, I'm not interested in pretty much any of the guys that Utah has. Again, if it's just ditching Russ and replacing them and it's a swap, okay. But we know that's not going to be the issue. Um, New York, I agree with you. If you can get an asset paired with Julius Randle, I agree. It's not a perfect fit. I just think he's a solid player. Um, but yeah, the, the Indiana deal for me is, I, I'm shocked that that deal's on the table. I'm shocked that they haven't taken it personally. Um, obviously, if they're holding out for two first-round picks, I, I get why the Lakers have been hesitant. But if you can do that for a first and a second or something like that, or protected or swaps or something, like I, I would be all over getting Russ out of town, bringing those guys in and making a move. But I think they're waiting to see what happens with Durant. And likewise, what happens with Irving? All righty. Lakers Nation, comment down below. Where do the Lakers go from here? Do they Are they just better off running it back with Russ, seeing what Darvin Ham can do with Russell Westbrook, or do you trade Russ and maybe even give up two first-round picks to do it? Comment down below. As always, subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Ring the post notification bell as well. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.